Milo Vonnen, and welcome to 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. I'm your host, Joel W. Hallbaker, and I'm thankful that you're here. Each week on the show, I'll be bringing you expert interviews to encourage and inspire your blended family, along with some special episodes thrown in from time to time. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating review on iTunes or whatever platform you use. In the meantime, be ready to listen, laugh, and learn, and maybe even take a few notes. Ready for this week's interview? Then let's jump in. Milo Vaughn, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of 10CBF, a podcast for blended families. And I'm really excited about our guest this week. Uh, Our guest this week is Ernest James. He is the host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. He is a man with a heart for people. As a minister, mentor, and speaker, Ernest has dedicated his life to inspiring and uplifting others. His mission is to help others heal from the wounds of their past and current situations. He's an entrepreneur, business owner, an author, social media influencer, online course creator, and workshop instructor. He believes if you must fail, fail fast and fail first. That way you can rebound and rebuild your life and then help others to do the same. I love that, by the way. Ernest was raised in a two-parent household, but recognized the effects of fatherlessness on his extended family and friends who were being raised by single mothers. Ernest is determined to help heal families by helping fatherless mothers and daughters heal from their father wound and by mentoring dads and sons. He's also an advocate for education. After a few failures early in life, he quickly rebounded to complete grammar school, finish high school in three years, and become a college graduate. Ernest has been a guest speaker on several podcasts as well as hosting his own. Ernest plans on sharing the message of hope and healing with as many people as will listen. And Ernest, you were kind enough to let me on your show a while back, for which I am really grateful. I had a great time chatting with you, and I appreciate you coming on our show today as well. Thank you for being here. No, thank thank you for having me. I definitely uh, appreciate it, and I, I like the uh, the concept of the of the platform, which is why I, I reached out to you to to have you on mine because I I uh, I connect with what we're doing here. Yeah, I I appreciate it. I love what you're doing as well. Um, I should, I should have done this already. When we're done, I need to correct you, uh, connect you with another good buddy of mine who also works a lot with dads, um, because that would probably he'd probably be a great fit for your show. I, that just occurred to me. So we'll we'll talk about that when we're done. Uh, but I love what you're doing because there are a lot of people who either have father wounds or, like me, may have given father wounds, and they're trying to they're trying to fix that and correct that with their kids, with their, you know, wife, ex-wife, family, whatever it may be. So right. I, I love the work that you're doing. Um, would you start off by giving us a bit more of your background? Give us some of your experience with blended families, whether personal, professional, or both. Uh, my, my main experience with uh, blended family is being married, um, being married to a woman who had four sons and uh, coming in she was previously married mm-hmm. as well as I. So I was coming into the, the marriage with uh, my daughter, uh, which is my only biological child. And she was coming into the marriage with her four sons, um, which was her children from her previous marriage. And so I didn't have any, uh, <laughs> any other experience aside, besides that, just kind of jumped in it. And, um, you know, that's how it was, because, again, like you said, in the bio, I was raised in a two parent household mm-hmm. uh, with my mom and my dad uh, throughout the whole, you know, their whole marriage until my mom passed away a couple of years ago. Okay. And so uh, I didn't have any experience, personal experience uh, with blended family until I became part of one. OK. 
Awesome. And so uh, what are, um, what are some of the things that you, that you faced in that blended family? What are some of the biggest challenges that you guys faced and how were you able to overcome or address some of those challenges? Cause you, um, are like a lot of our listeners who their first experience in a blended family is being part of one as the adult. And so they're kind of flying blind or, or, you know, kind of winging it. And sometimes that goes well. And, you know, other times it may go less well than people would hope for. So what are some of the challenges you guys faced and and how did you overcome that? Well, uh, my challenge kind of is twofold, right? Uh, which reflects back on some of the work that I do, which is working with uh, fatherless daughters, and because what I found out uh, during the midst of my marriage was that every woman I had ever dated had been or was, should I say, a fatherless daughter. And so for whatever reason, I was attracted to them or they were attracted to me. And so one of the things, uh, one of my biggest things that came up uh, in my marriage was uh, with our blended family mm-hmm. was the experience that I had as having my dad in the house and knowing what that role was as a father mm-hmm. and my wife who was not raised with her father in the house okay. who didn't have the experience of, of what that was supposed to look like okay and so be, by com- her coming from a, a household where her mom kind of did you know play both roles and, and did right. everything she had that same mindset like okay, okay you know i have to run everything this way or whatever yeah and so with me coming in i'm like no, you don't have to do everything, you know, and there are some things that you're not supposed to do because that's my job, right? you know, and so trying to set up them boundaries of, you know, what I'm supposed to do for you, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, not necessarily trying to over overrun you or whatever, but there are certain things that you have to allow me to do, you yeah. know, you have to allow me to provide for you. You have to allow me to protect you, you know? And, and so it's kind of double fold again, because a lot of it has to do with those father wounds and those walls that you put up or, or that they put up to protect themselves, you know, from, from men uh, in general. But um, because of that, her past, and of course, you know, traumas from past relationships, you know, when we got into our, came into our marriage, it's like, okay, now I got to try to break down these walls, Mm -hmm. you know, and be like, Hey, let me in, you know, like you you let me in as far as marriage. Now let me in, let me actually do the part that I'm supposed to do, you know? So that was one of my, our biggest things. Yeah, absolutely. So listeners, um, male or female, pay attention to what he, what he's saying and also pay attention to what he's not saying. He's not saying that stepmoms and biological moms aren't important. Right. What he's saying is that there are roles that men and women have. And you're a pastor. I come from a Christian background as well. I I teach in a small Christian school, pretty outspoken about my faith. Uh, Part of that faith is looking at what the Bible says and the roles that God has defined for us. And what we're not doing is saying that the man is the head of the household. The woman's job is just to listen like, no, no, no. But there are God given roles that men and women have. And unfortunately, because broken families are so common, A lot of times through no fault of their own, women are having to play both of those roles. And understandably, I think you said it really well, they put up walls to protect themselves because they've been hurt in the past. Guys, that's our failure that we need to try to help fix. And and Ernest, that's a lot of the work that you're doing. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, it it is. And, 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 you know, like I said, once I realized that, you know, every woman I had ever dated was fatherless had been a fatherless daughter mm. that kind of brought some things to my attention and where I started to address it 
you know, uh, which I kind of have, I started that platform, you know, uh, friends of fatherless daughters on Instagram was Mm -hmm. for that reason, you know, just to kind of grew my, uh, or should I say, give my opinion and my ideas from my experience, Mm -hmm. uh, with fatherless daughters and some of the, the things that they face, you know, and trying to rebuild, you know, uh, kind of help rebuild and repair those relationships that have been, you know, brought up from the past, from the damage that has been done in the past. Yeah. So if you can, um, can you give us maybe an example or some characteristics or what are some things that you've noticed about working with fatherless daughters in terms of um, commonalities or what are some what are some things that you've seen that are pretty true most of the time? And how can how do you help with those things in the work that you do? Well, I, I, I like I said, I, I draw my experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would say one of the biggest things uh, two two I guess you could say two is uh, dealing with the abandonment, mm. you know, abandonment issues that they have of, of people leaving. And so one of the things that I, I try to get them to understand is, you know, with, with your dad, when your dad left your life, you had no control over that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was due to no fault of your own, you know, right. whatever happened between him and your mom or just him deciding to leave, whatever that was, you had no, no part in that. Right. But now as an adult, you're in control of who comes and goes in your life, right. you know, because what happens is, because they have those abandonment issues, they either do one or two things. It's like a broad spectrum. It's either you far left or you far right. Mm-hmm. So you far left where you don't want to let nobody in, mm-hmm. you know, or you far right where you let everybody in. Okay. You know? So it's like you got to find that that medium in the middle, but then also you have to control it because now you're in control of it. You're in control mm. of who comes and goes out of your life. And so right. the first thing you need to do is evaluate the people that's actually trying to get in you know so evaluate them before you let them in if this person if you can already see that this person doesn't have your best interest at heart if this person doesn't have the characteristics of someone you want to be in your life you know if this person uh is or is not adding value to your life you know, like what is what is the whole purpose of you letting this person in? And if you see that this person is, you know, is will be an asset to your life, then okay, let them in. But if you see that they're not going to be an asset, then don't even let them in. Then right. That way, you don't have to deal with the abandonment part of worried about them leaving because you're not going to let them in in the first place because you already see that they don't have good intentions. So that would be one of the, one of the major ones. Uh, okay. The other one would be. Um, um, the connection with mm. with loyalty. That's, that's okay. what I was looking for. The loyalty, which kind of go hand in hand with the first one, but is once you let people, once they let people in, they're loyal to a fault because they're like, oh, this person wants to be a part of me, and now they're holding on to that person, even mm-hmm. when that person begins to show that they're not benefiting. You know, right. begins to show that they're more of a, a hindrance in your life than uh, a benefit. But because of, because of those daddy issues uh, and abandonment issues, you're like, no, I'm just going to hold on. I'll, right. I'll just be a, a better friend, you know, or, or, you know, whatever. And so you start sacrificing part of yourself mm. to hold on to this relationship that, you know, you need to let go of. But they, they're loyal to a fault, you know, right. sometimes. And those are the, the two major ones. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that is um, I think that's well said, because there are a lot of times when when you look at blended families, um, it's obvious that the kids are struggling with the things that you just mentioned, specifically loyalty. Um, sometimes in blended families, it's I don't want to get close to my step parent because that may hurt the feelings of the bio parent of the same sex. Like I, I don't want to be too nice to my stepdad because it may make dad angry or I don't want to show my stepmom I love her because it may make mom angry. Um, and that's exactly what you're describing there with loyalty issues. Um, and that's something worth paying attention to listeners. If that's something that you're seeing in your world, you know, reach out to Ernest, you know, tell him your situation, see how he can help you out, check out his information. Uh, obviously we'll have links to everything in the show notes, uh, at the end. Um, but I love that, that you share those two things. I think that's good for our listeners to hear now what, um, we, you know, every guest that comes on, we share some of the struggles they've dealt with personally and or professionally, but I also love to hear some good stories. What are some of the best blended family experiences or memories that you have? Um, one of the best experiences that I have uh, is my, um, the relationship between my daughter and her stepmom, mm. right? That relationship has been very, very valuable um, throughout uh, our, our marriage, throughout our relationship, you mm-hmm. know, and even now, you know, with their relationship, my daughter is 18 now. You know, so she's a she's a young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really speak on her her relationship with her mom, you know, because I'm not privy to that information. I don't ask, you know, mm-hmm. I let them however that is. However, I, I do get to see the relationship that she has with her stepmom. I do get to see the closeness that they have. I do get to see, you know, how they communicate with each other when they see each other, when they talk to each other and the love that they have for one another. So that's one of my uh, greatest things that came out of my blended family is to be able to know um, that my daughter has uh, a woman in her life that she can call on whenever, you know, and that they'll be there for her. Um, you know, I'm sure she has that with her mom too, but again, I, I don't ask, you know, I right. yeah. let, them, let them work that out. But from what I see and what I know that I'm very appreciative of the relationship that she has with her stepmom, you know, um, their, their closeness is, you know, sometimes uh, her stepmom jokes with me because she'll send me a text and like, you know, my daughter called her or my mm-hmm. daughter sent her a text saying, good morning, I love you. And I'm like, hey, I didn't even get that text, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but I just love the relationship that they they built over the years. Yeah, absolutely. So listeners, again, if you're a, if you're a step-parent or a bio-parent, please pay attention to that. Step-parents, you play a vital role, especially if you are the same gender as the kid. And that's something that, um, you know, it, sometimes it turns out really well, like in the case that Ernest just described for us. Sometimes it's more of a struggle. Some, and, and honestly, it's probably going to be both at different times. There may be days when you think, if, you know, regular listeners to the show will remember a few weeks ago, we heard from a guest who said there were times when I felt like my relationship with my stepdaughters was just wonderful and we all had it figured out and it was great. And then the next day they would do something and my head would spin because I thought, do they even like me? And, it, and, and that's that's pretty common in, in terms of the relationship is going to be complicated and it's going to ping back and forth. And that's something that if we know that up front, that makes it easier to handle, because when it happens, we can say, it's OK, we knew we knew it was going to happen. Right. right. If you know that then, that's something that's going to happen, you can be prepared for it. And, and another thing, Joe, even if we even if we look at it from uh, from the opposite side of the spectrum, right. 
we know that there are times when uh, a relationship breaks up or you know whatever happened between the mom and dad and when that relationship ends they don't always end on good terms right you know and sometimes the child is caught in the middle of that yeah. you know so even you hear the the stories about you know uh, a mom may be upset with a child because their mannerisms remind them of the father yeah. you know or yeah. they look like the father yep. or whatever you know or they're just so angry at the at the father that they're right. just taking it out on the child right yep. And so in those cases, the child is looking for someone to, to connect with. Right. And so, and, and now this, this is not my uh, situation, but mm-hmm. just as a reflection of when my daughter uh, has that, that relationship that she has with her, her stepmom, you know, there are some children that's looking for that same kind of relationship because they're not getting it at home. You know, maybe they're living with a a bitter parent on one hand. And so the only normalcy or the only um, environment of love that they receive may be in the home with the step parent, you know? And so when you're uh, a part of that blended family, that's just something to to think about. Like you said, you, you never, if you don't think about it, you don't realize how important your part is that you play, you know, in the life of that child. You know, because sometimes the, the other environment may not be, you know, all roses and rainbows. You right. Know? And, so. and, and like you said, and you may not be aware of that you may not know what the other environment is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's important to provide the kind of environment that fosters good relationships, knowing, like we said earlier, it may not always be good, but at least you're doing your part to allow it to be good as much as the kid right. wants it to be. Um, yeah. And you mentioned too, your daughter now, you said was 18. Yes. Right? And, and that changes things, too, because, as you said, like that means she's a young adult and she's making a lot more of her own decisions mm-hmm. as opposed to being a kid or, you know, an adolescent or a teenager or whatever. That's still um, it's just a different situation as they get older. My, my older daughter is uh, she's going to be oh man, this hurts to say she's going to be 18 um, next month <laughs> by the time this episode airs. Right. And uh, and that just fills me with all sorts of emotions. Um and so it's just it's different as they grow up, as they get older. Um, but we still need to be providing the type of environment and being available in a way that fosters good relationships with them, uh, right. whether we're the bio parent or the step parent. Right. And that and that that one of the things I want to say is don't be afraid of what it looks like now. Right. Mm. So my daughter's 18. Uh, my son, the youngest of my sons is 19. Okay. You know, he's, he's a year older. So over the course of, of, uh, of my marriage and the involved, you know, being in my son's lives, we had some bumpy roads, you know, we had some days that, you know, they didn't like me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so you have all of that, but one of the things that they, their mom says now is, you know, I love the relationship that you guys have now. Right. You know, and I said, well, part of that, Joe, like you said, they're young adults now. Yeah. You know, it's one thing when you kind of teach them something as a child and they're looking at it through child eyes. Yeah. You, know, you say, you know, like when a, a child is young, you say, don't touch the stove. <laughs> All they see is you telling me not to do something. Right. You know, well, as you mature and they get older and they realize, oh, the reason why he was saying don't touch the stove is because it's hot. But right. that comes with experience that comes with, you know, maturity as they get older. So yeah. now as my sons are, are older, you know, they're looking at life 
from a different perspective now. So now all those lessons and all those things that I was teaching them as they were getting older, now they see it, you know, with, with open eyes. Yeah. And because they're seeing it with open eyes, it makes our relationship better now mm-hmm. because you kind of realize like, oh, he, he, he did care. You know, right. he was telling me this for my own good. Right. He was looking out for me, you know? And so all those things come, come to play as they mature. Mm-hmm. So don't get so caught up now. Maybe, you know, your, your stepson or stepdaughter is slamming doors and whatever. And I don't like you. You're not my dad or whatever. But continue to give them the love and the mm-hmm. nurturing that they need. And when they mature and as they grow and as they their emotions grow and their knowledge grow and connects, they'll be able to look at the things that you did and taught them and how you treated them. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the main thing, how you treated them, even when they were acting up. Right. So whatever, remember within those men, within those times and those memories, you know, what you did and how you treated them. And as an adult or a maturing adult, young adult, they'll be able to recognize, oh, this person did care about me. And now they're, they will change their relationship, how they relate with you, because they will realize how much of a, a important part that you were playing in their lives, even when they you know, were resistant to it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, that you said that. Don't be afraid of what your relationship looks like now. And that's something we've shared on this show before. It won't always be this way. In fact, um, you know, just to hold on to it with a loose grip, because if it's good now, that's great. Enjoy that. Love it. It's probably going to change as they get older. If it's <laughs> yeah. a struggle now, hold that with a loose grip too, because it will get better in the future, right? right. Um, I, I'll be honest. I had what I thought was a pretty good relationship with my girls uh, up until about age 10 or 12. I was pretty strict and their mom was less so, and that's just different parenting styles. That's fine. But dude, look, when they started becoming teenagers, I, I just had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing and my wife helped me as much as she could, but I'm still pretty dense. And it's been a struggle since my kid became teenagers um, because they're teenage girls and I'm their dad and we don't view life the same way. I love that you mentioned that part too. Um, There's a great phrase I've heard in other places. You you can't expect old heads on young shoulders. I really Mm -hmm. wanted my kids to view life the way that I view life, which is dumb because I'm almost 40 and I'm a guy and they are teenagers and they are distinctly not guys. Okay. Well, that, that means we're probably not going to look at everything the same way. And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn. So I love that you're sharing that with people and reminding our listeners, Hey, it will get better. You keep doing the right thing. Keep showing them love, even when it's hard and, and trust that it will get better as they get older. Now that may not come till they're 30. But one, and honestly, here's the other part. My, my, or my, uh, my principal says this at school all the time. She says, high school teachers and especially elementary teachers, we are what is called seed planters. We don't always get to eat the fruit of the seeds that we plant. Very rarely do students come back years later and say, hey, thanks for teaching me this lesson. But that doesn't make the lesson any less important. So as our kids get older, they may never actually go out of their way and come back to you and say, hey, listen. I know that we butted heads a lot, but I just want to say thank you because I knew that you were coming from a place of love. Right. If you're if you're expecting your kids to do that, you probably should let that expectation go. If they do that, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right? Right? If they do that, consider yourself lucky. But right. but that, you know, I know there was a time when I kept hoping my kids would just come to me one day and go, Dad, just thank you for and, and my wife one day was like, honey, you gotta let that go. 
that's probably never gonna happen and i was like oh <laughs> well I, I i got two stories i got two stories uh for that one of them was just kind of crazy i remember my my oldest son mm-hmm. uh the oldest of the four boys you know he came home one day and we were talking you know and me and and, and his mom and he's like yeah i think i want to change my last name to james which is my name you know, right? So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, yeah, all right. You know, he's coming around or whatever. And so his mom was like, oh, cool. You want to change your name to James, you know, to be named, you know, the same name as your stepdad? And he's like, no, but then I can tell people I'm related to LeBron James. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> For just a minute. Right. He you know, just broke me like, ah, oh, I thought I was in. Yep. You know, but, um, Another thing that I wanted to to mention, though, uh, in all transparency, at the beginning of my marriage, when I got married, my daughter was probably like seven, you know, and so she's caught in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. We go back and we we're talking about the whole thing with the loyalty, mm-hmm. you know, and so there were some times, especially early on, that you know, it was some things that that happened that you know, my wife was like, man, I, you know, this, this is not going right, you know, whatever. And I had to tell her, look, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what she's hearing on the other side of the door. You don't know what, you know, her mom is saying about you. You don't know what her mom is saying about me, you know, but we know that something is happening that when she comes back here, we got to reprogram her all over again. You know, I said, but all you have to do is just keep doing what you're doing. Keep showing her that love. Keep showing her that no matter who may have told you or who may have suggested that in some kind of way that you're here to hurt her, you show her otherwise. Right. You know? Yeah. Kill her with kindness. Yeah. And like I said, my daughter was, when we got married, my daughter was like six or seven at that mm-hmm. time. And, you know, she grew, you know, began to grow up or whatever. And to like now, she, she still calls calls her mom you know she calls uh, her her stepmom mom and everything Hmm. because she was able to see as she got older and as she was been around her experience when she was around her was all love yeah so nobody can't come now now nobody can come say you know she was this or that she was like no i i know who she is yeah because i know how she treated me i know how she made me feel and to the point now their relationship is is just bonded you know Hmm. I love it. I love it. And I think that's an incredibly powerful testimony to the way that she treated your daughter, because that's exactly right. Um, I've seen that as well, where there are times when you've got a step parent who is doing everything that they can, right? They're loving on the kid and the kid still doesn't respond in the way that you would hope or respect. And I, I tell step parents, I've said this in every season, I've done this in just about every episode on the show. Step parents, you have my utmost, utmost respect because I'm not one. I'm a bio parent. Step parenting has got to be the toughest job on the planet because you get no guarantee of loyalty, respect, love, obedience, general kindness. You get nothing, but you're expected to do all the hard stuff. You got to go to work. You got to pay the bills. You're supposed to be treating the kids well. You got to make the lunches. You got to make the beds. You got to clean up the poopy diapers or the throw up when they're like you have to do all the parenting things. And then people will come to you and say, yeah, but you're not the real parent which is just insulting to a high degree. Um, And so step parents, I'm telling you, like you have my absolute respect because man, that's such a thankless task a lot of the time. But Ernest, I love what you said where you're you're encouraging step parents. Listen, even when you're not going to see the result, 
continue to have the fortitude to do the right thing because it matters. Because even if that kid never comes back and says thank you, you know that you did the best you could to show them love even when it was hard. And that's important. Yeah, that's and, important. And it, it comes back. It comes back. You know, like I said, they they're not going to be young forever. Right. You know, they're they're going to grow up. And mm-hmm. if you've treated them right and you've guided them right, even if they don't want to admit it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Some of them lessons is going to come back, and they can be like, yep. oh yeah, I remember when he told me this, or I remember when yep. she told me this, and they yep. may never come back. Like I said, like you know, like you said, they may never come back and say thank you. Right. But you know, if you've done your job the way that you're supposed to, just Take take the the I don't I don't know what the word I'm trying to use, but just be glad yeah. that you know that you yeah. did what was That's right. That's right. You you, you, know? you have the satisfaction of a job well yeah. done, even if nobody says thank you. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, now listen, before we uh, actually got together for this interview, I sent you a copy of the Ten Commandments for Blended mm-hmm. Families, right? Um, and and you've been looking through those. Having done that, which one of those do you see people struggle with the most? And what kind of wisdom would you share with them? Um, I looked through them uh, and the number one, and it may be cliche, but the number one problem that I think people have, which is also the number one answer to the same problem is the number one commandment, which is communication. Mm-hmm. Because- if you look at the list, everything on that list is either a form of communication or mm-hmm. a reaction to the communication. Mm-hmm. Right? And so either you are putting forth some kind of communication uh, of, of, let me see, I got the list right here. Either you're putting <laughs> forth some kind of communication of showing respect, you know, uh, uh, choosing, you know, to believe what's best, expressing gratitude. Those are things that you know, your way of communicating to the other parent. And then there's also going to be a way of, you know, when they're expressing those same things, mm-hmm. you know, how you, how you communicate, uh, or should I say how you react to the communication that they're given. Um, but I definitely believe communication is, is the number one way and which is important for uh, not just, you know, co-parenting, uh, and blended families, but just relationships in general mm-hmm. is communication. We, we were having a conversation uh, the other day, and that was one of the things that came up. Uh, I was on a panel um, on a, a Zoom call, and the panel, what we were discussing was the relationships between men and women. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we brought up was communication. And they were saying, well, how do you, how can, you know, men and women create, uh, communicate better and, and this mm-hmm. and that. And so my advice was you communicate, you know, what you say, you know, say what it is that you're trying to say, but when you get done saying it, ask them what they heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's, good. that's a whole, that's, that could be a whole nother thing. Yeah. You know, this is what I said. I know that's what I verbally just said. Right. But what did you hear? Yeah. Right. How did you interpret, you know, the message that I just gave you? Mm-hmm. And sometimes just taking that couple of seconds to hear what they heard, you can take that, you know, right then that initiative to, okay, let me correct it. Let me say it differently right. so that you understand what I'm trying to say, you know? Um, so that communication definitely would be the, the first, uh, most important, probably definitely one of the hardest ones. Absolutely. <laughs> but on the other hand, definitely mo- one of the most important ones also. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Communication is one where if you're in a blended family, you've got to one, um, 
there's always room to improve. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, you've got to be committed to doing it as well as you can, uh, because just in everyone's experience that I've spoken with, many of the uh, conflicts arise due to a lack of communication, whether it's mm-hmm. communicating badly in the sense of you didn't tell me what I needed to know or it's communicating badly in the sense of the way you told me what I needed to know was done poorly. Uh, right. You know, that kind of, or like you said too, a lot of times we just don't hear the messages actually being sent. You know, so much of, so much of blended family communication is done digitally. And the problem with that is you can't see them. You can't hear their tone of voice. Um, right. You can't see the body language. And let's be honest, when we're dealing with someone that we have beef with, right. We're struggling with like, we have, I don't know how many other people just love hanging out with their ex-spouse, right? Uh, probably not a whole lot of people that enjoy doing that. And so the thing is, if there's someone that you're struggling with, any communication you have with them, our natural tendency is to interpret that as harshly as we can. Mm-hmm. Can you believe what he said to me? Uh, he didn't say that. Go back and reread that. Can you believe what right. she said? to? That's not what she said at all. She you used know. capital letters, so she's she's mad, exactly. you know? <laughs> 17 exclamation points, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So listeners, always, always be working on ways to communicate better. A couple tips that I remember. Uh, one comes from Bob Berg, who's a business leader, and he's a great guy. Um, he's written a, a number of good books. He's the author of the Go-Giver series. If any of you guys have read any of those, yeah, Bob Berg and John David Mann. Bob Berg always says, listen with the back of your neck. And what he means by that is really kind of lean in and show that you put your whole body into listening. And I love that idea. Uh, the other one comes from, you know, the late, great Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? Mm-hmm. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood, which is, Ernest, exactly what you said. Make sure that you are hearing their message correctly. Right. And Because yeah. if you aren't, we need to sort that out. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think that's I think that's excellent. Now, as we start to wrap up here, what is your best piece of advice or wisdom or tip or strategy that you share with other blended families or when you're working with fatherless daughters? Um, take yourself out of it. Mm. Right? Take yourself out of it. And uh, this is more from my experience, just on the on the receiving or should I say as being the step parent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you got to take yourself out of it because when we're looking at things and we're putting our emotions into it, we're not always looking at or thinking about what's best for the child, you Mm -hmm. know, what's in the best interest of the child. And that can go from, uh, you being the, the outside parent outside of the blended family, or you being, you know, one of the parents inside of the blended family, you know, where you're taking your, uh, expectations and your experiences and your uh the things that you've um learned over the years and you're saying well this is the only way to do it and you know this is the way i was raised or you know that whole thing so sometimes you have to just step back and take yourself out of it Mm -hmm. and look at what's in the best interest of your child you know what lessons are being taught that are these lessons going to actually benefit my child? Is this relationship going to actually benefit my child? Because mm-hmm. I know that there's, there have been some relationships uh, of blended families that has ended because one parent parent differently than the other parent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's not to say that one was, you know, good or bad, but when we think about what's in the best interest of the child, just take from, from my experience, 
where one of the things that I had to deal with when I first, uh, when me and my wife first got together was her uh, idea to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. So she yeah. could clean, you know, wash dishes, you know, clean the house, whatever. She did everything. And I'm like, well, we have four boys. They have to learn responsibility because right. at some point, they're going to be the man of somebody's house. Right. They're going to be the father of somebody else's daughter or yep. somebody else's son. So they have to know where responsibility is. So therefore, you're not going to wash the dishes. You're not right. going to take out the garbage. You're not going to, you know, you're, yeah. you're going to stop doing these things so that they can learn what responsibility is, you know, but that's a difference in lifestyle. Again, I came from a two-parent household, so that structure was there for me. Yeah. She came from a single mother household where her mom did everything. Right, because so she had to. Yeah. Right. And so if you don't come to that understanding, okay, what's in the best interest of my child? So mm-hmm. is it best interest that I do everything like I've been doing, or is it best for them to actually learn what responsibility is? And it would be to learn what responsibility is. Right. So that means I would have to step back and allow them to learn those lessons. So yeah, take take yourself out of the situation when mm. thinking about it. What's in the best interest of your child? Yeah, I, I love that. And, and listeners, we understand that's hard. I'm sure there are a lot of you listening right now go, yeah, but you don't, you're correct. We don't understand your exact situation. It doesn't make what Ernest just said any less true. We need to act with some humility and say, okay, even if this isn't what I necessarily want, is this what's best for my kid? And if it is, am I willing to do that? Are we, are we able to take our own emotions and ego out of the equation? Um, I love that. I love that. I love that. Now, um, almost done here. What is your favorite or most recommended blended family resource, book, website, podcast, person or coach? Like, what do you share with people when you're, when you're helping them out? What kind of resources do you share? Well, um, I'm kind of new to the, the whole uh, blended family space, mm-hmm. um, at least from, from this point. Or mm-hmm. should I say from this view, because I'm always kind of dealing with it as far as even when I'm working with uh, my mentors, I'm working mm-hmm. with sons, you know, sons or daughters. But one of the one of the things that I recommend, and I'm not just saying it because I'm here, would be your podcast. <laughs> one of the things and, and we talked about it when I when I had you on my podcast, one of the things that I heard you say, uh, talk about while I was looking through some of your stuff was the experience that you had with someone who came and asked you about uh, blended families before they got into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard that before. And I was like, that's, that's great, you know, to be able to sit someone down and say, okay, this is what you need to think about before you even get into the relationship. Right. This is some of the things that you may encounter in the midst of it. You know, and I just thought that was a, a amazing, you know, and I, I pointed again, I pointed it out to you when <laughs> we were uh, you were on my podcast. And I, I just think, you know, from for me, uh, like I said, I'm new to the space, but mm-hmm. definitely, you know, your podcast or and, and your work made an impact on me. So I, I definitely would share what you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And, and what that was, we um, that was when my wife and I we're getting married and we actually sat down with our pastor and what we read was a book called the smart step family by Ron deal. He's a pastor and he's, he's real big in this space. Um, so listeners, we'll put that link in the, um, in the show notes as well. Uh, because I do, whether, whether you are, have been part of a blended family for a long time, whether you're just new to one or whether you're even thinking about becoming part of one, like 
find some resources that will help you go go back and look through the show notes for these different episodes of the podcast every one of them has multiple resources for you to check out because you know this as well Ernest there's sometimes certain coaches or people or pastors or whatever just resonate with people differently Mm-hmm. So yep. find those things that resonate for you. Find those people that are going to help you for whatever reason better than others and, and read the books, listen to the shows, you know, watch the YouTube, whatever it may be, and, and make sure you're finding those resources. Um, so last thing here, I've got kind of a lightning round. Um, and these are just sort of silly questions for people to get to know you a little bit. I love asking these because they're fun. Um, but these are just sort of either or questions. You ready? All right. I'm ready. All right. First question, baked potato or French fries? Uh, hmm, that's a good one. Uh, baked potato. <laughs> baked potato. potato probably be a little more healthier. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, regular wings or boneless wings? Um, I like the legs, so I'm gonna say regular. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Um, going to the stadium or watching the game at home? Uh, ugh, that's kind of a hard one, only because well, I, I'm, I'm thinking football. Uh, <laughs> I've been to some basketball games. I've been to some uh, professional baseball games i've never been to a professional football game and i do want to have that experience at least once um but the reality is i would rather watch it on tv because i get the replays i get the up close you know and all that and i could do it you know sitting in an environment that i like because that's it i've been to some uh baseball games you know and when the drinks is coming by Sometimes I'm like, oh, geez, you know. That's exactly it. I'm that. <laughs> so when I, I was younger, I, I always wanted to go to the game, but now, yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, you know, or I could just watch it at home and not have to spend my entire day to watch a two-hour game. Yep. And if you got DVR, you can pause it while you go to the bathroom. That's what I'm talking about. Me, you know? Yep. All right. Uh, last one here: um, beach vacation or mountain getaway? Which do you prefer? Hmm. Uh... I've never really done the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so pardon me, want to say the mountain just for that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have done the beach and I love the beach. I love the water. So I'm kind of torn in between okay. the, the, what I'm comfortable with and then what I've never experienced. So I would go. like to do the I would like to do the mountains just because I've never done it. Uh-huh. Um, but I know I know what I, I know what to expect with the beach. So there you I, go. I got to go with the beach. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for, for sharing your experience with us. Thank you for uh, the nuggets of wisdom that you shared with our audience. Um, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you, to ask questions, to learn more about what you do, especially if we've got listeners who are fatherless daughters or who are parts of step families where they recognize that in their own family, how can they reach out to you and connect with you? Um, I'm on all uh, social media, social medias mm-hmm. um, as uh, the deal to heal with E James podcast. Um, my other handle on Instagram is friend to fatherless daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the best way would be uh, because of the direction that I'm going with, uh, with the podcast would be uh, definitely follow me on, on social media platforms as uh, the deal to heal with E James podcast. Okay. And, you know, you can always reach me through DMS uh, or just, drop a note in the, in the comments of, of anything and, and reach me that way. Um, but if I had to ask and to send someone to a certain place, go to YouTube, go to my YouTube because I, my YouTube, I deal with a lot of different topics and I have a lot of different guests on, uh, as well as I will be uploading soon um, a couple of videos that I did 
on Fatherless Daughters as a playlist by itself. Mm -hmm. And I also will have uh, uploaded another playlist, which would be um, from my male mentor program okay. uh, that I was running. So both of those resources will also be on the, um, the podcast um, okay. YouTube page. So I will send everyone there. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. So listeners, again, we'll have those links, especially for the YouTube channel. We'll have all the different social media links on there. Make sure you go check those out in the show notes. Make sure you connect with Ernest and check out the great work that he's doing over there. Uh, Ernest, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Any kind of final thoughts to share with anyone? Um, just, uh, again, just be open, you know, be open, especially in, in, the, in the, the family as a whole sense, you know, be open, don't hesitate to take yourself and take your emotions out of the situation and try to look at the situation with a clear head, you know, outside the emotions. I always say, you know, facts over feelings because mm. your feelings are changed from second to second, but yeah. the facts stay the same, yeah. you know? And so when you look at it and just look at the facts of, of the situation, you can make a better decision. So that would be my advice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. And uh, be sure to come back next week for another episode of 10 CBF, a podcast with blended families. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of 10 CBF, a podcast for blended families. If you feel this was helpful, please subscribe and then like and share the interview. If you'd like to contact me directly, feel free to reach out through the show's website on Anchor or via social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and I'd love to hear from you. Last, if you'd like a free copy of any of my blended family resources, be sure to check out my website at stepdadding.com. In the meantime, walk worthy and Godspeed to you and your blended family.